Listeners, <laughs> episode 56, it is Friday at 12.30 in the afternoon. I owe you an episode, and here we go. Um, I hope everyone is feeling okay. I uh, uh, Here at the Hoff House, we're doing all right. We're um, hunkering down, staying out of people's way, minimum Minimum amount of contact with uh, the outside world, except for what we get through technology, which is uh, good and bad. Good and bad. Uh, suddenly everyone <laughs> is is on Zoom meetings all the time. Right now the people over at Zoom are probably like, yes, our plan is finally coming to fruition. Um, and as soon as this thing, as soon as this fog lifts, everyone's like, you know what? I didn't like. I didn't like FaceTime. <laughs> Too many people in my face at all times. And then I had to put on pants. Got to put on pants in my own home. My home, Elaine. A little Seinfeld reference for you. By the way, I just found out Seinfeld is on Hulu, which is cool. I mean, I have all the DVDs. So do I really need Hulu? But <laughs> it was on there and I clicked it. Uh, here's what bothers me about Hulu is you still have to watch commercials. Like, I know, I think there's one that you can... Uh, that you can like pay to not see commercials, but that just you're already paying. Like, get the heck away from me, commercials! Like, I, I don't need it. I, I I know TV needs to survive. I know this, uh, but there's got to be a better a better way. And I I'm saying this as a person who has made a decent living, uh, being in commercials. But right now they're not filming and they're not having me, and so I'm not. They're not paying me right now, so I I will <laughs> trash talk it. Um, there's got to be a better way, a better type of commercial. Let's make more entertaining commercials. Okay. There's a way to get the, the point across and make it entertaining and they should be show specific. That's like, that's what you do with podcasts, right? Ads come on, uh, during a podcast and the host of the podcast does the ad. And if they're any good, then they make them entertaining. They put them in their own voice and that's why people will continue to listen. And sure, I'll listen to my favorite show person uh do a 60 second ad about what what it is as long as it's entertaining and it fits in the vein of of the show like i don't think that takes me out of it especially in a comedy i I suppose it'd be weird in a drama if all of a sudden jesse pinkman turned to camera and like i use 409 to clean up all the dead bodies that i (laughs) come across on a day-to-day basis guess that might take you out of it a little bit but comedy like come on let's be real we know what's happening here um, you know, I, I think you could probably even do it in the Avengers movies. Like those are so popcorny, uh, that I feel like, I feel like, yeah, Thor and, um, Thor and the Black Widow <laughs> could, could just all of a sudden start talking about Pepsi and I'd be like, okay, yeah, I know what this is. That's fine. Just I'll, I'll write this cause it's too attractive people talking to me. And then, uh, and then we'll move on with the, uh, saving the world portion of the show. Um, anyway, I, I, I tried to watch episodes of Seinfeld. I got to like episode three on Hulu and I was just like, this is stupid. Just go get the DVD off the shelf and pop it in. If this is really what you want to watch, <laughs> but it's interesting because in the online streaming, and even on the DVD, they play like they play the full 23 minutes 
that the episode was shot for, but like when that originally aired and like anytime it's on syndication because of commercials, they only play you the 21 minute and 30 seconds. So you get, you lose like 90 seconds of every TV show. That's why it's odd when you're like then watching it on Netflix or watching something and all of a sudden you're like, I never, I didn't remember that line. Then they're like, oh yeah, cut for time. And then you ask yourself, was it worth it? Would I have cut that for time or did I enjoy that? Most of the time, when I'm rewatching, I don't enjoy it. Most of the time, I'm rewatching and I'm like, you know what? I get it. I don't. That's why I never watch the like uncorked version of the movie or whatever it is. Like Sarah and I watched, uh, what do we watch? Oh, Wedding Crashers the other day. It'd been like a decade since I'd seen it, so uh, we popped that DVD in, and they're like, "Do you want to watch the theatrical one or the uncorked version?" And you're like, "Well, I mean, they cut all that stuff out for a reason, right? It just wasn't as good." So just give me the theatrical. Give me the, the like. Don't don't send me to a room with the dailies. So I have to sit there and sift through all the footage. Like you you've cut it down. Just give me give me your best product. I guess that's the point. Um, I have no point. I'm just trying to trying to live. Trying to stay relatively sane. Haven't been on stage in uh, God. How long's it been now? It's been two full weeks. I haven't been on stage. My last show one two. It's been. It's been almost three weeks since I've been on stage. It has been 20 days, which is, I think, a record uh, since I started doing comedy. I don't think I haven't done comedy for 20 days ever, even when uh, over the holidays I still find stages. So it's getting a little weird over here. It's getting a little weird, and that's why I am going to do... I, uh, a joke portion of the Hoffcast. Until the, the corona fog has lifted, I am going to impose a new section of the podcast, which reminds me, I'm supposed to be videotaping this thing. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit pause on this. And when I come back, uh, we will start the open mic section of the Hoffcast where I try out a joke that I've written and never said on stage before. Um, and it's going to be loose. Guys, it's going to be loose, but I need your involvement. I need you guys to come back at me. Uh, send me a message or something with, with your thoughts. Give me your notes, people. All of a sudden, everyone's a comedy critic. I, I'm, I'm knighting you comedy extraordinaire, despite what my uh, previous guest, Ryan Stout, would say. I, I'm leaning on you guys, the experts, to tell me what's good and what's bad. When I come back, we will have a name of this segment, possibly followed by a theme song. I'm I'm tinkering with the idea of putting a theme song. So if you hear it, you'll know that I went full bore. And that means this podcast probably didn't get out till closer to 3 or 4 p.m. today. Um, if not, maybe it'll get out a little sooner. But it'll have a name for the segment and we'll have a new joke. But hold on. Let me set up, set up the TV camera. It's not tried and it's not true. But nevertheless, it's coming to you. Boo! You suck! Okay, Doom Doom Bippers, we're going to try. I'm already getting defensive. We're going to try this new joke thing, um, and we're going to see how it goes, okay? Uh, and gr I'm reading this off of the computer, so bear with me. It's not in full stand-up, but this is kind of how I would do it uh, if I were doing open mics around Los Angeles. So I would have you know, a whole bunch of stuff, just ideas to see if it resonates. And if something started to resonate, then I could kind of explore it more on stage. I don't have that here. So I'm depending on you to help me out uh, what you think about this. And this is, just comes from a pandemic free write. So that's what I do a lot of times. I just like, I come up with like a sort of funny idea, like a, like a beginning 
and and then like I start to see how I can expand on that and make it a broader thing. I'm not going to worry about setting it up too much. Let's just go into it. This may be stand up at some point. So this is uh this is my open mic. This is a trial and error, okay? So the first one I want to do is about this whole pandemic. The first thing that happened when people started to lose their minds because of this pandemic was toilet paper. Everyone was buying toilet paper, which is pretty funny. Like all it took was for one moron to go, what if I can't wipe my ass with toilet paper? And then everybody's like, what, 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 what? What? No, no toilet paper. Somebody's, we're not gonna have toilet paper. What? Okay, we gotta go get the toilet paper. And then everybody lost their minds. Like, well, I don't have a, I don't have a dirty booty at the end of the world. Like, I don't. Wouldn't that be the worst thing if I couldn't wipe my own butt? And this is where the rest of the world is laughing at the United States because they all use bidets. They all do that. I've never tried a bidet, but I've heard once you go that way and you get used to it, there's no turning back. You realize how unclean you actually are, even with your, like, toilet paper hoarding. Hand sanitizer was the next thing to sell out. People have done so much wiping. They're like, well, what about my hands? No, I got I got poop on my hand. <laughs> so I need hand sanitizer. If I can't get toilet paper, I at least need to be able to sanitize my hands from all the duty clusters. Ugh, this is, you know what? This what bothers me about this joke is that it's a poop joke. Like, at its core, the beginning... The rest of them is not a poop joke. The beginning is a poop joke, <laughs> which is like 90% of where my brain starts. It either starts with sex or poop. Like, those are the two things that I think about <laughs> on a minute-by-minute basis. So those are the first things that come to my mind. So I don't like this first part. But I did like this line uh, where <laughs> people are losing their minds and some people, that you want, once you couldn't buy hand sanitizer, they were... They were trying to make their own hand sanitizer, like some sort of germaphobic MacGyver. I like that line. I like the germaphobic MacGyver. I feel like he would have come up with something here. Um, and so now we're going to move off of the poop section. And I got to be honest with this whole thing. Like, I don't know if this whole social distancing, if this home, like, quarantine is an over, if it's people overreacting or if others that aren't doing it are just being careless. I don't know where we stand right now. So I'm in my favorite position of all time, which is where I'm just in the middle and I'm able to judge both sides. Like I'm going to stand in the middle. I'm not going to make a decision. That's what I, that's what I learned about myself is I would rather make, I would rather be in the middle than have to make a decision and be over here and be over here and be wrong. I'd rather just make fun of everybody and not be wrong, which is if everybody in the society was like that, if nobody like made a decision and we were all right in the middle, cause you don't want to be wrong, that'd be horrible. But because it affects me in my everyday life. Like, it takes me forever to buy a plane ticket. It does. It takes me to buy a plane ticket on a trip that I know I'm going to have to go on. It takes me probably no less than 20 minutes to make a decision. And that's that's on the small side is 20 minutes because I don't want to like, oh, what if I get in too early? What if I get in too late? Is the rental car going to be available at the time? Well, what's the price here? What's the price there? Oh, I got to connect here. What's the weather going to be like there when I connect? Like, I'm so afraid to make a mistake that I don't book for like forever. And a lot of times that screws me. A lot of times like the price is, it's $250 if you buy it. And then I'm like, eh, it's a little too early. And then I come back in like a week and I buy it, and it's like, well, now it's three fifty, and you're like, yeah, it's okay, as long as I didn't make a mistake, <laughs> I'm happy spending the extra money, um, and that's where I am, and that's I think a lot of comedians would rather be somewhere in the middle where they don't have to like commit too far to one side, because that way you can make fun 
of both. If you make a decision, it's harder it's harder to make fun of that side that you're on. Although maybe that's funnier. Maybe it's funnier if you're standing in the boat that you're poking holes in. Maybe that maybe that's humorous. But I don't know. That's where I like I like standing. Is there any comedy in here? I don't know. The boat poking holes, maybe. Um the other thing I liked about this this time, I don't like I don't like the sickness, I don't like that, but I like that it's making people think and it kind of brought back the discussion about vaccines, which I am not an anti-vaxxer. We get our kids vaccinated. I, there's enough evidence to me that that's what we need to do. <laughs> These people are like, no, no, it caused my kid to be stupid. Well, maybe your kid was going to be stupid. Oh, God. Now I'm going to get myself in trouble talking about this. This is going to be all choppy. If, if, By the way, if this is choppy, if the video's choppy, you guys, you know I had to hack it apart to save my own ass. <laughs> because uh, I said something uncouth. But that's what comics do. They say things into a microphone, testing it out. they got to figure out how they feel about it. It's much more dangerous without a net, without without having written it all out ahead of time. Um, like, But we get our kids vaccinated. I don't know if you guys do that. We get our kids vaccinated. And I always feel bad doing it like because it hurts. It hurts the kid, and they're like, well, Dad, I don't want to do it. And you're like, man, eh, it's good for you. And that's what they've told me is that it's good for you. But I, I feel like... We do it without much thought, and it's a little weird that we trust the nurse to get it right. The, the doctor comes in, she's like, "Okay, your kid needs this and this and this," and then and then the nurse comes in and just does all the dirty work, which is kind of screwy. Like the doctor says, "This is what you're gonna get," and then you make somebody else pull the switch. Uh, it's a little jacked up, but we just trust the nurse. Like I never question anything. Like there's they're gone for like five minutes, and then they come back with this little tub full of needles, and I don't even like, I don't do anything. I just trust them to get it right. And, and that's a little weird, like to, that as parents, we don't double check the medicine. Like, shouldn't you like read it like that? I don't know. Like, I never check the label when the doctor comes in the room. I just see the needles and then they just I hold the kid down and they poke it in. But that's it's, it seems like we should check. It seems like they do hundreds of these a day. Like, are, are they really looking at? The, OK, that's this kid. And here it is. Like half the time they call Indiana a girl because they think that's a girl's name. Like you're not reading all the things. Like like, let me double check. Okay, yep, he needs this, and there it is, right there on the vial. Like, I feel like that's what we should do. I go to a restaurant and I order a bottle of wine. They bring it to the table. They're like, is this, is this the bottle that's appropriate for you? Do you approve of this bottle? And you you gotta like swirl it. Yep. Oh yes, yes, that is the bo- but. But then when it comes to like shoving a needle in my kid's leg, I'm like, just do it. Here, I'll hold him down for you. Don't worry about it. Like this seems a little bit like our priorities jacked a little bit. Okay. The next part is how did I get? Sometimes a free write and your brain just starts going other places, and then you realize, oh, I'm not even on this topic anymore. Because this next section says, the older you get the more you start to realize that people in charge are just morons like us. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's that, that's a logical step to take, like from these doctors that are saying this to all of a sudden, like what, like what makes them smarter than me? Like, yeah, they've had more education. I guess, I guess that's the definition of smarter. They know more. Nick, isn't that the definition of who's smart? But like, like once you get to be an equal, like when you're a kid, you see the doctor, okay, that's an adult. They must know more. Uh, but then when you're an adult and you see the doctor and they come in and they're like, you're same age, you're kind of like, oh, what do you know? Because I Googled it and I figured out that <laughs> I did some research on my own, which supersedes your seven years of schooling there, Doc. Um, sometimes the doctor is younger than you. Has that happened to you? 
where like the person in charge isn't even your own age is like somebody younger like the first time you had a like a young kid pilot or a young kid doctor and you, you're like well what the hell does that person know like come on i'm not gonna show you my rash doogie go get your dad and what happens then when you you like question is this person old enough to do this but then like you have you you get over that little hump and then you start to feel bad about your own life you're like oh that like that could have been me but look at me now all i'm doing is <laughs> i'm sitting here this person knows more and and he's younger than me like had i just not screwed around so much when i was younger maybe i could be this guy but then of course like then i'd have to look at people like me all day you know they're gross and they look at their disgusting deformities <laughs> and then you have to start justifying the situation right you gotta tell yourself a little lie to protect your own ego you know just like start justifying the situation like and you're like well i pay his salary okay yeah 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 this doctor works for me yeah maybe i'm the power player in this relationship that's right i'm better than this doctor no, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're a guy sitting there naked with a rash. There you go. There's my pandemic free ride. I'm not sure if this camera is still working. I don't know. So we'll see. If I can find three laughs out of that, get it parsed down to like 30 seconds. If that if that whole thing I just said is 30 seconds, boom. I'm 1 120th of the way to my next special. So let me know what is funny. Did anything make you laugh? If nothing made you laugh, you also have to tell me because that's what an audience would do, okay? It's your responsibility. Regardless, if you heard this, send me a message, okay? And wh while, you're hitting while you're hitting pause on this podcast to send me a message to let me know about this, also go into the podcast app, rate and uh, review, and because uh, a lot more of you are listening than have reviewed. I've, I've seen the reviews. There are way more, of, and I've seen the people that listen. There are way more people that are listening than have reviewed, so... Tell me what you thought and review it and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. And that's this, uh, this um, week's segment for uh, new jokes. Also, if you come up with a better title, right now I got Trial and Error or New Joke Corner or Joking Hoff, which was almost the name of this podcast. <laughs> um, all right. On with the podcast. On with the bipping. I do kind of feel like it's possible that the world is ending, you guys. Um, not not to get too much into the doom here, but I started doing my taxes a couple of days ago. And right now, go ahead and pick up your phone, pick up whatever the hell you just dropped on the floor. Yes, it's true. Nick Hoff started doing his taxes <laughs> like uh, way early because they just moved. The that was after I found out the tax deadline had moved to July way after but i'm like all right might as well get a handle on this so i entered in most of my income i gotta go back and do a little bit more but that's that's how you know the world is probably ending right because <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't have started like of course i'm gonna do it needlessly pay the price and then they're gonna be like oh, by the way the world's over so don't worry about it of course i'm gonna have done that uh in my final days so it feels, and it's been oddly like cold and windy in Los Angeles. I know a lot of people in the rest of the country don't want to hear that, but it's been kind of, kind of gloomy. Had a lot of rain, and it just something feels like when you don't see people out, and then it's like rainy. This is why people up in Seattle get so depressed all the time because they just have these gloomy days. It's hard to have a positive mindset 
when uh when <laughs> when it just looks like the final scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark is coming in. You're just like, "Up. Oh, I learned this as a child. This is how it ends." Okay? Obviously, God's not going to end us all in sunshine. <laughs> He's going to send the doom clouds. And that's what it's been like. I I say that as it currently is very sunshiny, but I'm stuck inside in quarantine. And I tried to go out the other day when it was raining. The kids wanted to go out. They both have, um, well, both the boys have uh, raincoats. And I was like, hey, honey, where's my raincoat? And she goes, oh, we Marie Kondo'd that. How many of you are going through this? Where you're looking for something and then <laughs> and then your wife says, don't you remember when I got that bug up my butt about organizing everything and i threw away all your stuff that's what happened because in the time it doesn't rain that much in los angeles so at the time i was like i probably don't need a raincoat she's like pick out seven things that you can live without like well i i like all my hoodies i like this i like that i guess i guess i haven't worn this raincoat in a while and she's like give it to me and so she took my yellow raincoat and uh, and it wasn't like a rubberized raincoat, but it was one of those that was like rainproof or rain resistant or whatever. And uh, she got rid of it. So somebody, uh, somebody at the Culver City, um, at the Culver City Goodwill, got a great deal on a beautiful yellow raincoat of mine. And I hope I hope they were able to put it to good use. I Marie Kondo'd it. That skank. Recon Doe can kiss my ass. I lost so many good things that, by the way, we've got the room. Like, we live in a small apartment, but we still have the room. We've got two little storage areas that aren't full. Why are we getting <laughs> That's my mindset. Why are we getting rid of something if our storage isn't full? <laughs> I'm always like, just put it in the storage. You never know. She threw away, she was going through like my uh, toolkit the other day, and I save. Anytime I ch change something out, anytime I throw something, like I save the hardware for it, whether it's screws or whether it's like handles from a drawer that we modified, I just save that stuff because I never know like when, it, maybe I'm going to need it when I'm building something else. It Sometimes it comes in handy. Sometimes like, oh, I need this screw. And I'm like, oh, look, it's the same screw that I took out of that thing. Here it is. Boom. And I plug and play. Saves me a trip to Home Depot. But the other day she threw away a bunch of handles. She threw away a bunch of bolts. And I just know at some point at the end of this, I'm going to need to put a bolt in a zombie's temple and I'm going to be like, hand me a bolt. And she's like, I condoed him. And I'm like, well, then throw Marie Kondo. Throw the book at the zombie. I'm sick of this. Uh, it it bothered me at the time. I knew it was going to come back to bite me in the ass, and it did. It came back and bit me in the ass. And I, by the way, by the way, with everybody hoarding now and collecting all their toilet paper and canned goods and doomsday prepping where they got a a, a panic room and a and a bunker ready to go. I wonder how Marie, somebody needs to do a wellness check on Marie Kondo. She must be losing her mind right now with all the <laughs> all the storing up that people are doing with crap. She must be like, have we remembered nothing? Or maybe she's already dead. Maybe Kondo only had one piece of toilet paper and, and she ended up wiping her ass with nothing because that's what she had inside her room. All she could do was wipe her booty with, with a copy of her book. A well-thumbed-through art of tidying up. Well, you're going to tidy up your butt. Because now you got no toilet paper, Marie. How you feeling about your decisions now, Marie? 
That video is still processing that I record. I tried to record a little bit of video of this podcast. It was my first time trying to do it directly into Final Cut, and I'm looking at it and it's still processing. I guarantee that footage is gone. I guarantee that's not going to work. It's a brand new computer. Why would it still say processing? Anyway, someone go check on Marie Kondo. Let me know if she's okay. Hang in there, Marie. If you got rid of all your crap, you can come over here. I got a few bolts laying around that you can have. So I've got no easy transition for this. I'm just kind of jumping around right now. Um, yeah, scatterbrained. Scatterbrained as hell, but I want to get this podcast out to you. So here is this week's edition of Hoff Recommends. Don't think twice. Take his advice. This is Hoff Recommends. I realized this about myself the other day. When uh, my daughter, who is not even two years old, said that she was excited about something that was happening. And Sarah said, you see, she's excited. She's able to express exactly how she's feeling. I, I don't think I've ever heard either of my boys, who are four and six, say they're excited. They just go, just, <laughs> it just makes sounds. They don't know how to express what they're feeling. And she goes, see? Guys are emotional dipsticks, and she's right. So here's what I recommend before I get into the explanation. Here's what I recommend. Guys, you need to start keeping a journal, okay? It may feel stupid, but just get yourself a little composition notebook and just write down thoughts at times during the day. Just, like, write at least half a page. Like, you can do that. That takes less than five minutes, and you're going you're gonna to kind of recognize some patterns about yourself. There's going to be a reckoning of what you're doing and how you're spending your day. You're going to have to come face to face with it because that's what's going to come into your brain because we're stupid. So we're just going to like relive our day. That's what it's going to be. And you're going to be able to process your thoughts and be forced to process your thoughts. And maybe, maybe if we do that, we'll realize how we feel about things and not be so stupid about it because women really are a lot smarter than us. They've got a lot higher degree of emotional intelligence and that's not like that's not a dig on guys like there are things that we do better than them like we're not as emotional which can be a positive especially in times like this like since since we've started quarantining i'll bet you my wife has cried twice a day and i have cried zero times a day <laughs> which is i guess just slightly above average for her um normally she'll cry uh, once every other week or something, something will trigger her. But now she's kind of once a day, twice a day, and it's because she's in tune with how she's feeling. And I don't want to be that in tune, so that's why let's keep let's not let's not do seven eight pages of a journal. Let's go like half a page a day, and put a date on it. And and this the the benefits will be twofold. One, it's gonna make you process your emotions and your thoughts, and maybe you're gonna learn something about yourself in the meantime. I. I, when I do these free writes, that's kind of a journal because uh, I'm talking about my thoughts on a certain subject. Like, I don't think you need to narrow it down that much. I think you could just talk about your day and talk about what you're feeling at that moment. Um, but you start to learn things about yourself and you learn how to process and kind of like you almost develop an internal system of how to deal with things when they come at you. And that can only be good. That can only be good. And also, here's what I think of like this whole thing has made me come to grips with my own mortality and yes some of you yelled at me you don't have a will people that listen to the last week's episode like what are you doing we're all on death's doorstep just do a will 
So <laughs> it's made me come to grips with my own mortality. And I start to think like, uh, I love that, you know, maybe my kids when I'm gone, will have this podcast. They'll have some of my standup um, recorded and down so they can listen to dad when I'm gone. That's a morbid thought, but uh, <laughs> that's what this thing has taught me. Um, and so maybe like, how cool would it be if your kids found your journal and were able to go back through your life? I think, most guys, very much myself, uh, I I hate my own mortality, and that's my fear of like when I'm gone, I have no ability to impact the situation. Like guys are fearful, and maybe not guys are. Maybe this is just me. I don't know, but I always like to be in control, um, and I'm fearful when I have no control. That's why it's hard for someone like me. And I think this is most guys, but maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But um, like my, when my wife was pregnant, I hated not being in control. I hated not being able to do something to directly impact that fetus positively or negatively. Um, and I know a lot, you know, there are things you can do, but like like direct control. Like I couldn't control what my wife ate. I couldn't control what, the rest that she was getting. And that made me fearful. Like when I'm, I, I'm the guy that likes to drive. Okay, I don't like getting in someone else's car. Like I don't trust people. It's not so much about trust. It's just like I trust myself more. And I think most of us are like that. So I want to be in the driver's seat. Like um, I don't know if if we lost the pilot on a plane and they said, "Can anybody fly this?" And we didn't have another pilot on the plane. I would make sure that I'm up in that cockpit. I'm like, well, I'm not going to trust this guy in 19B who says, I'll give it a shot. Like, no, I'll give it a shot. (laughs) If I die, it's going to be on my terms. So I want to be in control. And when you're gone, you have no control, but you'd still like to be able to make an impact. That's my thought. I still, I want, I want to be something that like, I look at someone's career, like John Hughes, who wrote and directed things like, uh, like Breakfast Club and Home Alone and Sixteen Candles and uh, The Great Outdoors, um, like those are still movies that have a positive impact on people. And I want to be that guy that even after I'm gone and John Hughes is dead, R.I.P. Uh, died way too young. Um, I want to be the guy that still impacts people. And if it's just my own kids then I guess I can be satisfied with that. But I'm lucky that I have an album out. I've got a podcast. Hopefully those will live, outlive me and still bring people joy. Um, but like uh, a journal, that that would be something that would like be able to pass on to your kids. Like, can you imagine them cleaning out your house and they just find stacks of notebooks and like, this? these are dad's journals. Oh my goodness. And maybe <laughs> maybe there's some stuff in there you don't want them to read, but don't worry about that. Like you're gone, they give you grace. Like, but wouldn't it be cool to be able to find your own parents' thoughts? Like, especially once they're gone. Um, like, you want to have something to remember them by that's not just pictures and videos, but like, man, you just like almost like they're talking to you from beyond the grave. Is this too morbid? Is this too morbid for a Hoff recommends? <laughs> this might be the darkest version of Hoff recommends, but it comes from a positive place. It comes from a place of bip. And that's why it's this week's Hoff recommends. This whole coronavirus thing, though, is getting crazy. Um, (laughs) My parents just called me this morning to inform me that they are mailing me flour. (laughs) That that was one of the things that we couldn't get at the grocery store. Um, And when they heard this, they're like, all right, 
get the five pound bag and let's go to the post office. <laughs> and they call. They're just like, well, we're just checking to see if there's anything else you need. We're on our way to the post office. Like, why? You, why? What? What's at the post office? Like, we're mailing you flour. We don't want you to starve. <laughs> so that's, that's that's what's happening. You uh, you'll never stop worrying about your kids. And yet everybody with a kid that came back from school who's now home is losing their mind because this little rug rat who you will be worried about your entire life is now completely your responsibility 24 hours a day. And a lot of our friends are losing their minds. They're like, I don't know what to do with this kid all day. Nick, I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to I'm going to I'm bouncing off the walls. They're driving me crazy. They're in my face 24/7. I don't know how to teach them this new math. <laughs> and we realize like this little person that we love so much can be the most annoying person in the world. It's like uh them being out of school for this time is like being on summer vacation, but you can't go anywhere. That's you're not going on that uh on that trip you planned. Can't go outside because the weather's crappy. And you're like, oh, now I got to teach this person. (laughs) We're realizing how much we need that school. Um, Those teachers. I mean, everybody says, now you see why teachers need a raise. I mean, maybe. Maybe they do need a raise if they're willing to sit with my kid. But I also think I'm not going to be little teachers. They're, They're worth every penny. And we probably need them to be paid more. But uh, God bless them. But I know our kid does work at school. And the teacher has not bitched about him. So now when I sit there and and Sarah sits with him and tries to get him to do two pages in his workbook. And it takes four hours of something that should take two minutes. Like when he sits down and he wants to do it, it takes about two minutes to do a page. But when he doesn't want to do it. It takes four hours. And <laughs> and you know that doesn't happen at school. You know, all the other kids are afraid of disciplinary action, but they're not afraid of us. Our kids are not afraid of us. Nothing we say gets action moving. And that's why we, we suck at teaching. But for some reason, they listen to this teacher. They listen to this middle-aged woman who they've only known for five months but they take everything that person says and they sit there and they do it. You know what? I need to be a fly on the wall and see what kind of results, how she's getting results. Is it just because it's a stranger telling you to do something? Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need one of our neighbors to come over and just say, sit there and do that. And they'll listen to them. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe that's, but you can't, you can't get an old person. You can't, uh, you got to find someone that, that'll survive this pandemic you got to get so you got to get a kid their age they say like (laughs) they say like an 18 year old kid has the healthiest system so i need to find an 18 year old then come over for like 10 minutes i think this kid could do all his work in 10 minutes if he just sat down and did it so i just need to pay an 18 year old like 20 bucks an hour so what's that divided by six for 10 minutes? Just just one, uh, just 10 minutes a day for six days a week. Come over and we'll just knock this thing out. So it's 20 divided by 10. See, that's how stupid. $2. No, no, no. That's not the right math. $20 an hour. There's six hours. And oh, God, this is embarrassing all of a sudden. Six hours. And that's going to end up being like one of these weird things, like a $1.80. 
Uh, okay, stop. Focus. This is this is why my kid can't focus because his own dad can't focus <laughs> to do this basic math. Okay, six into twenty is three dollars. It's a little over three dollars. <laughs> I'm not even gonna do the fractions. That's. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody that's listening. This is who. Oh, this is who I am. I can't focus far enough to get past the fact that uh, twenty divided by six is a little over three. That's the amount of math I'm willing to do. Oh, how can I expect my kid to do all his workbook if I can't even sit there and put this pen to paper? Damn it. Okay, here. Let's see if I can actually do it. Um, so it'd be, it's going to be three, which gets you to 18. And then you got um, $2 divided by six, which is, it's going to be one of those like 3.3333333333333. Is that the right math? Three and a third. So I will, I'll round up. I'll tell you what, <laughs> this is how I'm going to get out. I'm going to get out of doing math with generosity. I'm going to round up to $4 a day. If there are any 18-year-olds out there willing to come over and just sit around my child, and when he looks up, you look at him and you say, nope, do it. So 10 minutes a day, I will give you $4. If there are any 18-year-olds here with an earshot that says, yeah, I'll come over for $4, I'll collect $20 a week. You know, I got laid off from my job at the at the chicken factory. So <laughs> I say chicken factory. That's what I did when I was 18. I worked at BB's Chicken at the Imperial Mall in Hastings, Nebraska. I was broasting. Ch- I didn't even want that job. I didn't even want that job. My dad, I come home from college the first year, and my dad goes, hey, got to get a job. And he came home every day. Uh, he, he would wake up in the morning before he went to work at like 7 in the morning. He'd say, hey, get up do something and then he'd come home at lunch i'm still in bed he'd say hey do something and then he'd come home after work and i'm probably taking a nap he's like hey gotta do something that it that lasted to like wednesday and on wednesday he's like get up you have to get a job now i'm not coming home every day from work three times a day and watching you do this you've got to get a job so i was like so i went to the mall (laughs) that's stores are at the mall (laughs) that was that was the uh the most i had thought and uh, one end of the mall, there's Kmart. Can't work there. They banned me for life. Um, by the way, I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast yet, but I still have a vendetta against my supervisor there who um, I had a lady come up, and I was working at Kmart. I was a checkout boy in high school uh, working the check stand, and I was good at it. I was fast. I was I was uh, friendly to people. And a lady came up, she had two pairs of shoes, and she said, okay, here's this pair of shoes, it's got a blue light sticker on it for this price, but here's the exact same pair of shoes, different size, it doesn't have the blue light sticker, but I want the blue light sticker price for this pair. It's the exact same shoe, just different size, priced differently. So I went to my supervising manager, I'm going to leave her name out of this, although I think she deserves to burn. (laughs) I'm going to leave her out of this podcast, but I'm sending her to hell. That's where my priorities lie. Um, Now, still mad at her. She goes, I said, hey, this is the situation. What should I do? She said, give them the good price. Give them the lower price and just put it on your exemption sheet. So I did that. I filled out the exemption sheet. I said, here, she told me to do this. And then like a couple weeks went by and they, uh, the head manager called me in the office. They said, hey, Nick, 
why did you give this person this price? And I said, oh, because my supervising manager, I explained the situation to her, and she said, give them the price. So I did, and that's why I put it on the exemption form. They go, well, she said she told you not to give them that price. And first of all, why would I do that and then put it on the exemption sheet? If I were going to do that, I'd just hit the override. But I put it on the exemption sheet because she said it was fine. And so I said, no, she told me to. They go, well, she said she told you not to. And I'm like, well, she's lying. And they said, okay, well, you want... And then they were really belittling about it. They go, you understand why we price things a certain way? You understand why? Because if we don't sell things at a certain price, then we don't make money on it. I was like, oh, you are talking down to the wrong person here. Don't talk to me like that. I am not going to work here with people that treat me like that and people that lie about what they said. And they go, okay, so you're giving your two weeks notice? I said, you can have two weeks, but I'm not showing up during that two weeks. So if you put me on the schedule, I won't be here. And they go, you realize if you do that, you can never work at Kmart again. I was like, oh, okay, oh, no. So anyway, long story short, or short story long, I'm banned from working at Kmart. So that wasn't an option here now that I'm in college. Went to the other end, and you got the food court at the other end. All right, yeah, I'm hungry. I'll go and look. There's a sign that says "Help Wanted." I was like, "This is I'm gonna treat. I'm gonna treat my father like the unemployment agency. I, as long as I can prove that I tried to get a job, he his hands are tied. He can't do anything." So I went up to the guy standing behind the counter at BB's Chicken. I said, "Hey, I see you're looking for help. Can I pick up an application?" He goes, "Well, at at this place, you got to deal with a lot of like raw chicken." uh like cleaning it and stuff like that what do you think about that and i go well that's fine i'm i'm a hunter like i clean my own birds he goes okay well uh come come back here i'll show you what we're doing <laughs> and i was like uh 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 can i just get an application He's like come on back i'll show you and he trained me right there i got a job on the spot and so then i worked at bb chicken all summer i ate chicken uh you know three meals a day i ate chicken i was there you know most days early in the morning cleaning the chicken breading it putting in the fridge, taking out the stuff that I had already brined and throw it in the in, in the deep fryer. We were roasting chicken. It was pressurized chicken with uh, oil, hot oil, and it was really good. It was good chicken, but he was doomed to begin because right next to us was the Imperial Palace, the Chinese food place, and they kicked the hell out of us every single day especially sundays sundays were the worst people would come home from church and they just go get their chinese food and there would be a line from their place in front of ours it would cover our storefront with their line and i'm just standing there with our little uh our little case our little trophy case of of hot fresh chicken and people would just be standing there like now i'd rather wait in line 10 minutes to get this chinese food than eat your chicken <laughs> and it was good chicken and uh, so that that was my job. I don't know why I got off on this tangent. Um, how the hell did I get off on this tangent? I was talking about they were mailing me flour, kids at school, teachers need better job. I don't know how we got here, but that's uh, that's the end. When you when you don't know how you got where you are, then you sit down and you say, "This is as far as I'm going." You guys, thank you once again for tuning into the Hoffcast. Stay alive and keep living life bit by bit. Doom, doom, bip, I'll catch you next Friday.